Listener Production. Today on Footy Talk, Sarah Hosking joins me in a studio and the verdict is in on Nathan Broad's sling tackle. We dissect that. We also cover how the game is tracking so far this year, some of the underrated players that aren't getting enough love. And with Sarah being a twin, she speaks about what it is like to run out on game day with a sibling. That's all coming up on Footy Talk. G'day guys and welcome back to Footy Talk, your daily dose of footy with all the news, interviews and analysis from the world of AFL. Abs Holmes here and today we are very lucky to be joined by Sarah Hosking, AFLW superstar of course with the Richmond Footy Club. Says thanks for joining us. Thank you very much for having me. I apologise in advance. <laughs> I love that from you. Good start, good start. But you're currently in your off-season. Obviously AFLW doesn't Kick off, I think, pre-season, end of May, and then the season in August. So what have you been up to? Uh, I'd love to say that I have been here, but I haven't. I've yeah. been travelling, um, actually using this off-season for the first time. So I've been away in America, in the States, just got back from Bali a couple of days ago. So mm. missing the first couple of weeks of round one, we did uh, selfishly get the app online app and we're sitting there in the villa watching a couple of the games. Good, good. And was America, I guess, a bit of a training camp kind of vibe for you guys? Because I did see that... Looked as though your whole squad was over there. That would have been a good time. Yeah, it was. We had about 10 to 15 of us, staff and players included. Um, one of our coaches, Nathan Chapman, who used to play. We love at, Chappie. Love Chappie. Love he used Chappie. to play at Brisbane, but he runs Pro Kick Australia. So he sends Aussie punters over to America and um, puts them in colleges to play NFL and, and college football. So yeah. you've got Aaron Sipos, yeah. who former Saint, and he's just played in the Super Bowl. Unfortunately, they got the loss. Mm. But we went over there and, yeah, went and visited a couple couple of the players and spent most of it doing some training camp style stuff. And yeah. unfortunately, I broke my toe four days no. in, so <laughs> couldn't kick too much, but it was a really cool experience and got a lot out of it. Oh, you poor thing. Well, I hope that's recovering well. But as you said, you came straight back into the action here in Melbourne, round one, round two. What have you liked so far? Because it has been an unbelievable start to the season. And isn't it just... I don't know, just the vibe and um, the feeling around Melbourne when, when those big Victorian clubs are absolutely flying. Isn't it? You just love it. You've come off the back of summer where you'd expect that we're still maybe playing in 30-degree heat, but all of a sudden it's torrential rains and I just love the atmosphere of, of round one especially. I mean, I wasn't able to be there, but watching on, you could just see round one Richmond-Carlton, you saw the atmosphere there yes, and to have a draw yeah. as well, I think that was Quite pretty fitting, cool. wasn't yeah, it? Yeah, absolutely. But <laughs> even then for Carlton, it was kind of like finishing off the back of their season last year to miss out on finals. And I'm sure everyone's sitting there watching you, either love them or you hate them. So to see them be able to start the season the way they have and actually go, okay, well, maybe they're finally coming out of this Mm -hmm. rebuild phase and um, Bombers up the top, Saints, a mad Saints supporter growing up. So to see them up the top, I've got my fingers crossed, (laughs) but my hopes are still kind of (laughs) there. Love that from you. You you never lose that childhood support, do you? You obviously don the the yellow and black, but you're still a diehard Saints supporter. So let's just get through some of the stories of the day. Nathan Broad's tribunal penalty has been handed down four weeks for his sling tackle. That, of course, left Paddy Parnell concussed. It was graded as careless contact, severe impact with high contact. What are your thoughts on that? It it was your typical sling tackle that the AFL is trying to stamp out. Yeah, I think it's just that change in momentum and as soon as you kind of pick the player up or the shift in momentum and then the slam into the ground. But Mm. Broad is one of the nicest guys going around, so you know that there was no intentional malicious 
intent there. But, yeah, at the end of the day, I think as a player you start to know now that AFL is going to protect the player with the ball yeah. and at the end of the day protect the head. So unfortunate for Brody, but mm. um, four weeks off and I think it just sets a standard just like it did last week with the bumps. Yeah, absolutely no malice in that. And Brody yeah. was devastated. You could yeah, see it all see over his away. face that he knew that he had obviously made the wrong decision there. A big call by Ditz or Chris Dittmar over in SA. He's claimed that there is a bid in the works for SA NFL club Norwood to become the <laughs> AFL's 20th team in the competition. He's apparently there's some suggested business people that are tied to the club who are working on a plan that would see the Redlegs join the national competition after Tassie is admitted as the 19th team. What so are we tell thinking? me your thoughts on that, Abs. <laughs> oh, oh, look, I'm a big one for the NT and I think that they're far enough down the road in their plannings and preparations to potentially be that 20th licence holder. Um, so yeah, this is come out of left field though because it's the first we're really hearing of it, isn't it? Absolutely. And again, you go, Nor would have had some amazing players come out from there, but I agree with you. I think yeah. sort of Tassie and NT are probably in the front front line for that. Yeah. I'd be very surprised to see if they did get the licence. If it's a national competition, I am uh, totally <laughs> rallying behind the NT to be that 20th licence. So big call there by Ditz uh, over in Triple M Adelaide. Now, of course, Saturday night footy, we've got the Saints and the Bombers at the MCG. Ooh. I'll be there. I cannot <laughs> wait. Second v third, if you don't mind. But in their 150th year celebration this weekend, as a diehard Saints supporter, what's your favourite memory from growing up supporting them? I'd have to say I was there at the grand final draw, so the mid-2010s era with um, Lee Montagna, you got Nick Rewalt, yeah. um, Nicky Dell, all those guys, and I just remember I went with Dad, so I'm an identical twin for those that don't know, but <laughs> Jess and I, um, I put my foot down as the older sibling by one minute and just said, you've got no chance of going. So <laughs> I went with Dad and I just remember as soon as the siren went, I turned to Dad and I was like, what happens now? Well, yeah. Do they keep playing? And you could see the players just laying on the ground going, what do we do? And then just the silence in the in the stadium was insane. But that experience, I'm so glad I didn't go the following week. Yeah. But oh, that did ex- Jess get to go? No, she didn't. <laughs> <laughs> it doesn't really matter too much. I don't think no. she would have liked to. But it, that was probably sort of the vivid memory mm. that stands out, just being able to be a part of a grand final draw and lo- see that. I love that you stamp the authority that I'm oh. a minute older than you. <laughs> Hey, you I have to. First. You have to. Sometimes just know your role and play it, and yeah. that was mine. <laughs> and what have you thought of the Saints in their start? Obviously, Ross the boss back. Yeah, he's yeah, back. Back he's at back. St Kilda, and we know the likes of Membry and King are missing, but you've got some pretty handy youngsters in, in Caminiti and, and, of course, you know, a number of other boys that are running around there, and, and they're delivering. Yeah. You know, there was so much talk about the injuries and – that you were potentially going to be completely and utterly underdone early. But, Absolutely. Yeah. And I think, I mean, as a Saints supporter, everyone can relate. It's just we've got our hopes up right now, but you don't want to get too high. Mm. I'll give you a little bit of a story time. Dad is probably the driver of the the whole Saints supporter kind of thing. Yeah. He still buys our membership. So oh. I, I say I'm a diehard. It, I'm a little bit up and down. Dad's just, he's all there. He got home <laughs> on the weekend from um, a winery at Port Phillip Estate he and mum had a $600 voucher. Mum was Deso driver. So dad's oh. had a great day out. <laughs> then he's come home and he's gone, 
Sarah, Sarah, come on, you just got to watch the footy with me. The Saints, they were unbloody believable. So he made me watch the replay twice, twice while he's commentating the whole thing, saying, I can't believe it, we're doing such a great job and I'm just thankful that I can go home and Dad's in a great mood now every weekend. Love that. <laughs> oh, I love that. Now, we want to also ask you about some of the most underrated players that you think might be in the game right now. So... Uh, the guys at Champion Data have highlighted Essendon's giant Caldwell is one of the comp's most underrated mids based on how often he wins the ball and how often that possession turns into a score. So last year there was no better midfielder than him, even ahead of the likes of Bontempelli, Dugowie and Chad Warner. So big raps on Jai Caldwell, but he has had a, a cracking start to his season. Yeah, hasn't he? That's a good one. I think... Mm. I look at Collingwood at the moment to see how well they're doing and you've got a lot of star players there and brought across Tom Mitchell, the Dacos brothers are there. Jack Crisp is mm-hmm. probably one that I think has been underrated for a number of years. And then naturally for me, I look at brothers and you go Nick Dacos <laughs> is getting a lot of rap at the moment and talks of Brownlow votes and uh-huh. everything. I'd have to say as a sibling that I reckon Josh Dacos is the one for me. Yeah. So I think Josh Dacos is the underrated sibling. He is phenomenal. Speaking of the Dacos boys, what is it like to play with a sibling, yes, but a twin? Like yourself and Jess, you are twins. I have absolutely loved watching your journey so far. (laughs) And, And if you don't follow these two on social media, you absolutely need to because we've seen some pranks with you know, deep heat on toilet paper and and (laughs) eyebrow situations going on. What is it like playing with your twin? Yeah, I mean, you look at your sort of local footy netball and I'm sure every Tom and Harry just, you watch the boys get out there and they just love playing with each other. So to be able to do it on a big stage and in front of crowds and that kind of thing is just phenomenal. But Mm. I mean, don't get me wrong, there's definitely times where you want to pull each other's hair out. (laughs) Jess and I both live together as well. Oh gosh. You mentioned some of the pranks, but that was when we were playing on opposing teams. So I think we, uh, Jess was at Carlton still, I was at Richmond and um, we, a week out, we just started playing pranks on each other. And to get into the game, you have to have your accreditation and obviously you always bring your mouth guard. So First thing I started with was freezing both Jess's accreditation and her mouth guard in this huge ice box. So you just imagine like a giant bucket. <laughs> and so she's gone to find it the day of the game. It's in a giant ice box and she's wrapped it around her neck. Oh, no. <laughs> but you're right, it is. We, do, we did. We played a lot of pranks on each other. I um, dyed her eyebrows. That was, uh, took that her was to a best. beautician. She'd never been before. So, I'd, yeah, they dyed a monobrow across her forehead. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure you can appreciate it because it lasts for seven days. Absolutely. So <laughs> Absolutely. It takes a good, yeah, seven yeah. days for those brows to settle down after getting done. But yeah. were you happy to get her back at Richmond? Obviously, you started at the Blues together. You made the transition over to, to Punt Road and then your sister followed. Yeah, I always knew she in? would. Yeah. <laughs> Again, as I mentioned, the older sister you. card plays well. So I knew that once I sort of left, I'd, I'd be able to get her across. But that sort of transition at the start, I asked her when I was um, weighing up about moving clubs and mm. usually we bounce any ideas off each other. But this was the first time that I think she's ever given me the silence treatment yeah. and didn't actually talk to me and said, you need to make this decision on your own. And yeah. Post that, she ended up saying it was purely because I didn't want you to leave. So, I don't know, a little bit cute. Yes, 
<laughs> no, but I think, I mean, you see there's a lot of brothers as well in, yeah. in the men's footy, so I, I love watching the Kerno brothers as mm. well and you see Ed Ed kick it to Charlie across the weekend and then that was cute, first time it? Paddy Cripps has ever been barred from anyone because the yeah. boys just ran at each other and gave each other the best celebration. Oh. So I think it's a special bond that you do have with your siblings and to be able to play together on in the same team is, is pretty phenomenal. Yeah, some real brotherly and sister bonds <laughs> going around in our AFL and AFLW competitions. Now give us a quick update on the AFLW. Obviously, as we said, you're, you're in your kind of pre-pre-season phase at the moment, pre-season kicking off late May. We've just finished the sign and trade period from March 10 to 20. With last year's four expansion clubs, they were given a window to sign some priority signings. What was your thoughts on this? We saw the likes of Chloe Malloy transition from Mm. from Collingwood to Sydney and Jesse Wardlaw from Brisbane to St Kilda. What was your thoughts around that priority selection? I mean, I think it's a good opportunity for those clubs that probably struggled towards the back end of the season or the new clubs to actually sign some stronger talent that's been around. So I think part of the rule was that those players had to be um, in the competition for a minimum of three or four years as well. So already you've got girls that have played that, are aware of the game and probably of a higher standard and and be able to help that team to actually come up and meet the rest of the competition. So I think that's the intention of the priority signing is obviously to be able to bring the competition up and have a level playing field Mm. a lot quicker. So, I mean, I think it's great because, to be honest, you see Brisbane, who's been such a dominant force, just lose M. Bates, Greta Bodie, Jesse Wardlaw, three of their best players potentially go to other teams and for a long time, probably eight or seven, eight years now, they've been relatively untouched because mm. of the drafting system and, and the trade system. So yeah. um, I think it'll be a great opportunity and hopefully it, it brings the talent up in those teams that struggle towards the back end of the season. What about the Ds? Obviously Daisy ha- mm. has stepped away. She's retired. Have they lost anyone or are they still going to be a, a bloody powerhouse? They haven't, which is I think it's awesome and it speaks volumes of the D's and obviously off the back of a premiership, it speaks volumes of the environment to only lose days to retirement and then obviously the other, I think, four D-listed players. Mm. That's huge. So, uh, like, there's just no doubt there's a target on the back of Melbourne going, mm. they're going to be premiership favourites potentially again leading into this next season. What about the Tigers? How are they looking, please? Give us an update. We're looking good. I'm excited. <laughs> we just picked up G-Train from yes. St Kilda so um, she can... Well, G-Train off the back of Fraser Gehrig from yeah. Saints. So, um, look, she can bomb it over 50 metres. So I'm excited to see her. We lost Courtney Wakefield over the off-season um, to retirement as well. So to bolster the forward line, hopefully get KB back fit and firing for the whole season and mm. then picked up a few other players in Courtney Jones and Molly Eastman. So I'm excited just to see the girls, obviously, this pre-pre-season. Yeah. We get to work. Um, but, yeah, I'm yeah hoping that we can go another one and finish fourth last mm. year. But aim to play finals again and just see where we can take it. We cannot wait for season eight of the AFLW later on this year. Great start by you, Sez. Good job. Thank you. You are listening to the Footy Talk podcast. If you're listening on Apple Podcasts, Spotify or Listener, please hit the like button and leave us a review or rating. We've got new episodes every single day for you at lunchtime, but stay with us after the break. We've got Hump Day Hypothetical. Welcome back to Footy Talk. Sarah Hosking in the studio with me this morning and Ethan Meldrum's popped in, official title, Triple M Stats Guy, I think that's right, Ethan, and a lover of all things spreadsheets. How are you going? Yeah, we're going with spreadsheet enthusiasts. I'm not so sure about that. It's probably not a great selling point. Hello to you, Abs. Hello to you, Sarah. 
Now, you've got a few key stats that you're going to throw at us, things that you're finding interesting across the league at the moment. Yeah, so three things that have sort of popped out uh, in my mind uh, over the start, the first couple of rounds, obviously like small sample, but things that have stood out to me, one of them is the Bombers. Obviously, they're 2-0, and really good start to the season, but... Like I know they played Gold Coast and Hawthorne, but really good numbers to start the season as well, particularly with their pressure. A really bad pressure side last year uh, under Ben Rudden. They were last in the comp for applying pressure. Uh, really, teams found it really easy against them. They're now the hardest team to pressure in the competition, mm. fourth for pressure differential, taking a lot of uncontested marks, playing around the boundary. Really hard team to play against. They're playing a lot of keepings off footy. Number one hardest team to pressure in the competition. Will Setterfield, a big part of that. Yeah. Really high pressure numbers. He's had a great start to the season as well. So the Bombers, really looking good to start the year. It's interesting, isn't it? How something, I'm not going to say simple, but a new coach, new philosophies, new ideas on the way that you want to play the footy and the brand that they want to bring. But you look at those numbers and, you know, how much, I guess, the Bombers have gone from not bottom, but yeah, close to bottom. Close to close bottom, to, bottom. <laughs> to, to top. But it's just bizarre. Like it, as a player, it just brings a new set of belief, and yeah. it allows you mm. to just have all of a sudden you do. You've got this belief in yourself and your teammates, and it's just a. It could be a matter of change, and maybe someone's new ideas or ideologies and coaching ways. Yeah. So to see the belief in the players, I think genuinely a lot of them thought that they would get there eventually and as soon as they get this new coach that they add a couple of players like mm. Setterfield and he's just hard at the footy. He knows yeah. how to win the ball and he can win a contested ball and get it out as well. So I think it's just exciting to see them playing a new brand of footy. How's Langford too, by the way? Was it first time in his career he's kicked five? <laughs> yeah, first time in his career he's kicked five. Was playing down back as well. <laughs> Only reason he went forward was because Sam Wiedemann was a laid out. So yeah. they had no key forwards apart from Harry Jones. So props to him. The Could, ultimate swingman. Ultimate swingman. Could go 3-0. and for the first time in a decade if they beat the Saints on Saturday night. Sorry to put that in your head. Yeah. <laughs> no, that's all right. That's all right. What's your verdict? Saints or Bombers? I'm going to go the Saints because I can't I can't look past Ross the boss. Oh. <laughs> You're it's on the Ross be, bandwagon? Yeah, I'm on the Ross bandwagon. But it's going to be close. It's going to be a good game, that one. Uh, second one, I love my sort of like defensive 50 transition stats. Yes. Basically how easy it is to move the ball or how hard it is to move the it's ball like for poetry, you. poetry, isn't it? Yeah, it's, so, it's like oh. so easy to visualise mm. as well, just like, you know, how easy it is to go from one end to the other. I looked at some sort of defensive numbers uh, on Monday and I was like, okay, Hawthorne's going to be the worst in the competition. Like they've been shocking to start the year. Leaked 140 points to the Bombers, leaked you know nearly 20 goals to the Swans. They haven't leaked the most goals going end-to-end so oh. far this season. Oh. It's the Western Bulldogs. Doggies. The doggies have leaked 12 goals going end-to-end. Hawthorne 11. They leaked eight goals to Melbourne in round one. Four goals to St Kilda, who I wouldn't say are a great ball-moving team either. They are now. They are now because they played the Western Bulldogs. They leaked four goals on Saturday night. Huge concerns for the Western Bulldogs. They've got they've got the Lions tomorrow night as well, who we know are a pretty potent team. Could spell disaster for the mm. Western Bulldogs, I think. Where do you think it's breaking down for the Doggies? Obviously, we've just seen, you know, two rounds of footy. It's early in the season. People are hoping that they can bounce back. But you've just mentioned, obviously, their D50 transition against. But, yeah, where do you think it is breaking down for them? I think weirdly it comes down to their midfield, to be honest. Mm. Like, it's just not working hard the other way, I suppose. They allowed St Kilda to pluck off some really easy marks on Saturday night. Uh, they got a lot of stars in there as well, but you know, there's a lot of blame going to their forward line at the moment. I don't think it's their forward line that's the yeah. problem at the moment. 
Interesting. Mm, I mean, you look at the likes of Liam Jones coming in as well. He's yeah. a big key defender. His ability to then rebound that ball and actually generate and create. So I think, like you said, that link between the defence line and the midfielders, if you can get your midfielders to push back but then also on transition spread the ball, then be mm. able to push the ball forward and, and hopefully create something. So I think there's a – you're right there. There's a matter of the Lions talking to each other and finding a way to – to generate something and move the ball forward. Third one, I have to pump this man up, Luke Davies Uniac. Oh, yes. I he, love him. Oh, don't we all? I'm announcing it. <laughs> he's a star. He's like legitimately my favourite player to watch in the competition as well. Just the way he breaks tackles, way he moves through congestion. He's polled 20 coaches' votes in the first couple of rounds. That puts him in like Nat Fife, Gary Ablett, uh, Dustin Martin sort of, sort of yeah, conversation. Great. His last 10 games averaged 30 disposals, 14 contest possessions. He's broken 30 tackles, which is number one in the competition by a long way. Uh, 11 grand ball gets, 17 side 50s. He's like top five in the competition for everything you want in a midfielder. Mm. Over that period of time, he's been a star. So has he been a bit underrated as well, or do you think he's getting the praise that he deserves? Oh, I think potentially a little bit of underrated, but when you're not playing in a team that's performing well mm. consistently on a week-to-week basis, people don't tend to you know, mm. tend to look at them. But the way that they've come out and started this season, it's very exciting <laughs> under Alastair Clarkson, of course. Uh, he was very animated over in the West on the weekend. And you know what? So we should be. Yeah, so get up and about. Get up by a point over there, a tough job. Any, you know, whenever any t- any sides go over there against West Coast or Fremantle, it's always going to be a tough job. But He's got his old mob as well. The Hawks could start 3-0, and mm. knock them off. We'll get up and about after that. I can't wait for that game. <laughs> no, that is be going to that be massive. Be and Clarkson versus Mitchell, my goodness. But no, Luke Davies Uniac, a sensational start to the season and the way that he is, I guess, delivering week on week this season for his side. Um, yeah, it's been very impressive to watch. Yeah, he is genuinely my favourite. <laughs> we don't have faves here on Footy Talk, do we? Yes, we <laughs> absolutely do. Thank you, Ethan Meldrum. Look forward to hearing you on Saturday night at the MCG. Yes, look forward to seeing you Saturday night as well. Speaking of this weekend, we have got mouth-watering matchups across the league, Sarah, but what are you looking forward to the most and why? I'm looking forward to Bomber Saints have to naturally. We've yes, just spoken about this. Absolutely. So Saints, I would love to see them go 3-0. That would be my favourite. Says every Saint supporter across Australia at the moment. I personally, Friday night footy, MCG, Collingwood, Richmond, two of the biggest clubs in the land. I'm hoping for 90-odd thousand, between 85 and 90,000 expected there. That is going to be incredibly loud. And these two sides, there's a lot of history behind them. We only need to look back to Mason Cox in the, the prelim final a few years ago, those clunking marks, ending Richmond seasons. I cannot wait to see those two sides go head-to-head on Friday night. Now, says, hump day hypothetical. I'm going to throw few little hypothetical, not questions, but statements at you. Um, and you just need to let me know your answer and why. So if you can take one player across the league and inject it into, let's say, the Richmond side, okay. who would it be and why? All right. I'll go with purely based off these first two rounds. Mm-hmm. I'm going to jump on the bandwagon and say Nick Dacos, yep. considering Broad <laughs> just been ruled out for four weeks, mm-hmm. 
I'm saying that we can have an early season draft. Yeah. So Nick Dacos is coming across for this Collingwood. He would be Richmond kicking and screaming, clash. by the way. Yeah, he would they, not leave the pies easily. We'll try. Yeah. I'd take him. I just think he's phenomenal. And mm. along with everyone else, just uh, to be in his second year of footy and playing the way that he is, his ability to, to transition the ball, to rebound the ball, to win his own ball, but get himself in the right position. Like mm. he's got such a smart footy IQ and such a smart footy mind that he can just put himself in places around the ground. Like a lot of people say he gets cheap possessions. It's because he gets himself there yeah, and he smart. knows how to win it. It's yeah. smart. Chris Judd won his Brownlow in his third season. We might see Nick Do we see Dacos. him in the second? I, I'm, I'm all aboard. Do we say it early? Do we? I, yeah. Get I'm this all on early. Nick Dacos ship. is winning the Brown Loan 2023. I'm all aboard Record that. Record that. <laughs> all aboard that. Secondly, if you weren't playing footy, what else would you be doing? If I had endless money, I'd be travelling. Yes. I think I'd just travel the world. I've This is the first off-season I've done where I've just travelled, been to America, Bali, Sydney, a bit of everything, and I think I'd just travel. Yeah. I love it. And are you looking to get into, obviously, the footy media landscape as well? We, Daisy and I shared some of our absolute shocking <laughs> moments in media last week. Have yes, you had I any? did see some of oh that. Don't worry. Goodness. Not as bad as you think, is it, though? I mean, you look back, you always think yourself. Everyone tells you it's not that bad. but Oh, you, no. Oh, yeah, I'm, I'm loving the media side <laughs> of stuff as well. So to be able to transition out of footy, but mm. also while I'm in footy as well, I just love getting involved. So doing a little bit of commentating, some special comments for the men's for the first time this season with Triple M mm. and then just jumping on some podcasts as we are here yes. and a few other things. So I'm loving that. If I wasn't playing footy, I'd also be doing media stuff. Well, says thank you so much for coming in and joining us on Footy Talk. Three votes for you. Thank you very much. You'll we'll start with two, but I'll <laughs> give you the three. <laughs> now you take the three. Thank you so much for joining us. If you have a question, get on the Instagram at footytalk underscore pod or TikTok at footytalkpodcast. We will speak to you tomorrow. Bye. Listener.